Heavenly Father, we thank you for the precious gift it is to have your word before us. You are there and you are not silent. You are the God who speaks. You are not like dumb idols that never open their mouths, but that you have uttered to us sinful creatures who do not deserve to hear your voice. You have uttered to us wonderful, sweet truth and you have given us your law so that we may know how best to serve you. Lord, we thank you for these words of the Lord Jesus Christ in the Sermon on the Mount. We pray that you may help us to understand them rightly and correctly. We need your Holy Spirit here this morning if we are to be transformed by your word. Lord, help us, please, we pray. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, some laws in our society are good and some you don't always agree with. We have many laws around us and we're under the law at the moment as we speak, sitting here. Uh, We are subject to the laws of the land. And some are good that we think, yes, that should be one. I don't like people murdering. I think that's a good law to have, do not murder. But some are a little bit more ridiculous and we wonder, why is that law there in place? One that I used to struggle to understand was the fact that you aren't actually allowed to record television. You aren't actually allowed to use your VCR to record TV. And they've changed the law apparently um, in the last decade or so so that you can actually do it. For a while there, everyone that had a VCR and was recording television was doing something that was illegal. They were violating copyright by recording the television. But the thing was, the VCRs sold hotly all the time and people were making money off them and there was no warning on the thing that you couldn't record television and they actually instructed you how to record TV in the manuals but it was actually illegal to record television. And so sometimes we look at these laws and go, yeah, it's a bit silly, everyone violates it, no one is punished for it so why actually have the law there? And you may be thinking of another law in your mind at the moment that you think is quite ridiculous and that we shouldn't have in this land. Wherever we have lots of laws, there are going to be some that are really good and we love and there's going to be some that we think are a bit ridiculous and a bit dumb and we can't really see why that law is there. And it's the same with the Bible to some extent. We look at the Bible and it's full of laws, full of regulations as to what we should and shouldn't do and how to please God. And if you read the Old Testament, you're going to come across some laws that you're going to think, hmm, not really sure why that one is there. For example, the Old Testament tells you you're not supposed to uh, weave, uh, make garments made of two different types of material. It's like, well, why is that? I can't mix wool and cotton together. Why is that a law that I shouldn't do? You aren't allowed to cook a young goat in its mother's milk. And you think, why is that wrong? Why am I not permitted to do so? And so we have these laws in the Bible that we go... Yeah, God is wise and he is good and so if they're his laws they must be good but I'm not really sure how it works out. And some of those laws in the Old Testament I think, great, do not murder, uh, do not lie, do not steal, good laws. But others I go, "Mm, not really sure why that law is there. And Jesus in the New Testament also gives us laws and that's what we've been looking on the Sermon on the Mount. He's been teaching us how to understand God's law correctly and he gives us more and more laws. Uh, He uh, he 
takes the laws to a stronger perspective where he says, you, you think it says do not commit adultery, but if you look lustfully at a man or a woman, then you have committed adultery in your heart. So he actually uh, ch- shows us the true understanding of the laws in the Bible. And here we come to Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. We've been going through the Sermon on the Mount for a, a long time now, for several months, and we've come to Matthew 7, verse 12, where we have a law given by Jesus that is, I believe, a very, very, very good law. Matthew 7, verse 12. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. This law that Jesus has given us, in everything, do to others as you would have them do to you, is also known as the golden rule. So people have called it the golden rule because they think it's a, not just any rule, it's a, it's a really good one, it's the golden rule. And so I want to look at this morning as to why it's the golden rule. Why is this law so good? Why is it such a helpful law to know? If you were to commit any of the laws of God to memory, why would this one be so far up on the list? Why would it be the, one of the best ones that you could commit? Why is it so good compared to many of the laws in the Bible? And I've got three reasons, and they're there in the bulletin if you want to follow the the three reasons. The first is the golden rule is good because it sums up the law and the prophets. And that's what it says in the text, verse 12. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. Why is it good that it sums up the law and the prophets? Well, knowing the law is always important. It always comes with consequences if you break the law and you cannot claim ignorance of the law and get away with it. You cannot uh, get pulled over and say to the officer, oh, I didn't realise it was an 80 zone and I was doing 100. He will say, it's too bad, Uh, you can't claim ignorance. He's not going to say, oh, sorry, I didn't know you didn't realise. Next time, sir, uh, you will know. And, and you can go free this time. No, ignorance of the law is not a reason to escape the consequences of the law. And so you want to know the laws of the land just in case you're going about breaking them. And it's the same with God. You can't claim ignorance. You, you, you've got to, you've got to uh, be able to, if you've broken the law, you've broken the law. You're a sinner. And so you can't claim ignorance of the law so that you can get off free. And so this is much more scary than getting simply a parking fine or something. If you break God's law, the consequences are worse than a speeding ticket. You, can't, you may be able to claim, you may say, oh, I didn't know it was a zone, but yes, I'll take the fine, I'll help the demerit points, and you can deal with that. But if you break God's law, it means eternal punishment in hell. And so you want to make sure that you're on the right side of God's law. You want to know what his laws are so that you can keep them and so that you won't cop the consequences of eternal punishment in hell. But as we come to the Bible, God has thankfully given us his laws, but there's so many of them. How do I know what to do in what situation? How do I remember the whole book? Do I commit it to memory so that I know all of God's laws so that I am able to keep them? It's very difficult to remember them all. 
and to know what we're supposed to do in all situations so that we don't break God's law is quite difficult as well. I mean, the Bible doesn't speak about traffic offences. Are we supposed to not speed? Is God angry when I speed and break the law that the government gives? And so we've got all these situations where we've got not a specific utterance from God as to what we should do. But this is where the golden rule comes in and solves those difficulties. What does it do? It sums up the law and the prophets. If you know this one and you endeavour to keep this one, you keep the law and the prophets because all the law and the prophets is, is, is doing with all its specific instances in the Old Testament where it talks about do this, do this, don't do that, don't do that. It's all summed up by do to others what you would have them do to you. You reflect on what you would want people to do to you and then you go about making sure you do to others what you would have them do to you. And so it's so helpful. It solves all our dilemmas of knowing what God would want us to do in any given situation. When we're on the train, when we're on the bus, when we're in the office, when we're in the factory, when we're in the family, in the home, and we wonder, what would God have me do here? You think, well, what would I want others to do to me? And then you do that to them. It solves so many of the difficulties of knowing what God would want you to do in any given situation. You don't have to memorise the entire Old Testament. Memorise this one verse and then go about keeping it. Do to others as you would have them do to you. So that's the first reason why it's so good. It sums up the law and the prophets and it solves that difficulty of trying to remember the law and the prophets and knowing what to do in situations that the law and the prophets doesn't specifically speak about. Second reason, the golden rule is good because it is a positive law. The negative form of the golden rule is actually found in many other religions where it says, do not do to others what you would not have them do to you. So they put the word not in there and that's actually found in many religions that you're not to do what you would not want people to do to you. And Jesus is actually, it looks like, the first to give the positive of this rule. There's no historical evidence or any other religion having it before Jesus that you're supposed to do to others as you would have them do to you rather than do not do to others as you would not have them do to you. Why is this important? Why is this such a good thing that Jesus states it as a positive law rather than just giving us the negative as all other religions have done? Well, if we only had the negative version, it would only teach us to not do certain things. You don't like being robbed? Well, you don't rob others. You don't like being cursed? Well, you don't curse others. You don't like being hit? Well, you don't hit others. You don't like being hated? Well, you don't hate others. And so you would only have to stop doing those things that are negative towards others. Whereas the positive rule includes do's as well as don'ts. You're not supposed to do those other things, but you're supposed to do things that are positive as well. You enjoy being loved? Well, you're supposed to love others. You like receiving things from others, being helped? Well, you're supposed to help others as well. You like being encouraged? Well... You're supposed to encourage others as well. You like being appreciated? Well, 
well, you start appreciating others as well if you want to do what God says. So the positive form actually makes you love others in a way that you wouldn't if you only had the negative form. Do not do what you would not have people do to you. And so it's about doing positive good as well as avoiding the negative. And so it's an excellent rule to know, better than the other religions could produce. It tells us to be gracious to people as well as just. So much of the law is concerned about justice and making sure you don't do certain things. But Jesus' law here is about being gracious and kind to others as well as being just and not doing certain things. That's the second reason. The law is good, the golden rule is good because it encourages positive behaviour. It is a positive law. And then thirdly and finally, the golden rule is good because it drives you to God. If you only had the negative form, do not do to others as you would not have them do to you, you might want to be tempted to leave everything, hide, and then you'd be keeping the rule because you aren't interacting with anyone, so you aren't hurting anyone, and so then you're all okay. And that's what you can do if you're a monk. You leave, you go into a monastery, you take a vow of silence, you just go about your duties in the, in the monastery, have very little interaction with anyone, and you might be tempted to think, I'm good, I'm keeping the law, I'm doing well. But the positive form is so much more searching. If you have to love others around you, you actually have to have contact with others. And once you start having contact with others, then you're more likely to break the law uh, because uh, the sin is there and it's always wanting to get at you and to, and to cause you to sin against those around you. And so the golden rule, as Jesus presents it as a positive law here, it means that we all have to start realising we fall short of God. We fall short of righteousness. We might think, if we only had the negative form, that we were okay, that we hadn't done that much harm to people. But once we have this rule, we realise how bad we are, how little we have loved those around us, how little we have done that is positive good to those around us that we would have liked done to us. And we realise we are all doomed in a big way for breaking this law countless times more than if it was only there in the negative form. And then when you realise that, how far you've fallen short of God, particularly when you look at this rule, this law of God, that drives you to him faster than anything. And it drives you to him in two ways. Firstly, for forgiveness. You realise how great a sinner you are, how often you have broken this law and how much you need his forgiveness. It drives you to repent and say you are sorry to God in a way that if it was in another form or you just had other laws, uh, do not murder, you may not be driven to God much because you think, I haven't murdered lately. But when you look at this golden rule, you think, I really need God's forgiveness. I have not done to others as I would have them do to me and I need his forgiveness. And thankfully it can be found. We don't come to a God and say sorry and he says, too bad, I'm not forgiving you. 
Thankfully, he can forgive us and still be just and that is through the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning and you're not a Christian, know that if you recognise you are a sinner, you have broken this law so many times in your life, that if you come to God this morning and ask for forgiveness, you can find it because the Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross so that all the times you broke the golden rule may be forgiven and that you could, instead of being punished for an eternity in hell, go into glory and heaven and be with him as someone who God sees as righteous, as someone who has kept the golden rule all your life because Christ's righteousness is then put upon you. All the times he kept the golden rule becomes, comes to your account and God looks at you and sees you as a righteous person instead of an unrighteous person who has broken the golden rule so many times. If that is you, you've never repented of your sins and sought forgiveness from Christ and believe that his death is for you, do it this morning. Don't delay. Don't let the debt of keep, not keeping the golden rule continue to be put to your account. Repent this morning. Be driven to God and ask his forgiveness. That's the first way we're driven to God and it's such a good thing to always be driven to God and so this golden rule does it so well. The second way, of course, it drives us to go to God for help to keep the golden rule in the future. When you become a Christian, you're supposed to behave in a way that gives glory and honour to God. You don't ask for forgiveness and then go about sinning all the more and knowing then that you are forgiven and you keep, if you keep asking Jesus for forgiveness, it will be forgiven and you'll be okay. No, you're supposed to start doing good works for God to show that your faith is true and genuine. And so you're supposed to start trying to keep this golden rule. But if you start that as a Christian, you soon realise that you don't have the strength to do it on your own. To do to others as you would have them do to you is so difficult. Even if you have the forgiveness of God, you need something more. You need God's strength if you are ever going to keep the golden rule. And so it drives you to repentance and it drives you to ask him for help. And God is good. He gives us strength. He gives us power. He doesn't have us come to him and ask and then he says, no, I can't give you anything. No, he loves to give us his strength and his power so that we can keep the golden rule. The golden rule is a wonderful rule because it drives you to God. It is a very good law to have and to know. Do you love the golden rule? Do you think it's a good law to know? Do you use it to try and work out what you should do in situations throughout the day? As you stand in the workplace, in the home, do you think, what should I be doing to others as I would have them do to, to me? Do you think on it and reflect on it and try to use it in your life so that you can do things that are pleasing before your God? Do you think about what you should be doing, positive things as well as negative things that you should be avoiding? Or do you tend to focus more on just avoiding the negatives and just avoiding certain behaviours that you know would harm others? Or do you go about thinking, what are the loving things that I could be doing? What are the positive things I could be doing in other people's lives? How can I be encouraging so-and-so? And when those thoughts come to your mind and you think, 
I really should ring such and such a person. I know that they're, they're struggling with something at the moment. Do you do that or do you just think, oh, I don't know. Uh, I would appreciate the phone call if I was in their situation, but it's just too hard. At least I haven't insulted them at church lately. You know, but I, 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 don't, I don't insult them, but I won't go about encouraging them. Do you think about the positive things that you could be doing or do you mainly focus on the negative things that you want to avoid doing? And do you meditate upon this golden rule to expose your sin more and more so that you are driven to repentance more and more? As a Christian, we are supposed to be repenting again and again, recognising our sin. We don't repent once and leave it at that. We repent again and again. And if you reflect on this golden rule, you will repent more and more and more the more you reflect on it, that you are violating it in so many ways every day. Do you let it expose your sin so that you're driven to repentance? And then do you let it drive you to God for help to keep it day by day? You have been so bad at keeping it in the past and you want to be better at keeping it in the future. Do you let it drive you to God for strength and power and ask him for that and then see him help you keep it better than you have in the past? It is a good law that God has given us through the Lord Jesus Christ. We should be committing it to memory and using it for all the good that it can do us. Let us speak now with our God. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have told us your laws, what pleases you and what displeases you that we are not going about in ignorance but that you have spoken to us. Lord, we look at this golden rule and reflect how, how good it is and how bad we are, how much we have broken your law, how much we have harmed others and how little we have loved others and done positive good in their lives. Lord, we pray that you may forgive us through the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. May his blood continue to be powerful and effective in cleansing us from our unrighteousness in breaking this law. And Lord, help us to not break it as we have in the past. Give us strength by your mercy. Give us power to be able to do to others as we would have them do to us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.